welcome to For the Love of Dog with Janice Wolf. Oh my goodness, it's Friday. I can't believe how quickly this week and every week seems to be going. I do want to start out with just saying a prayer for the people in Ukraine and in Europe and all people all over the world who are going through any kind of oppression or war. Um, you know, the only war we ever had here in the U.S. that was on our soil was Pearl Harbor was World War II, but it kind of was on an island and it wasn't really on the mainland. We've been certainly victims of terror attacks, but I wanted to really go into something that I think drives me nuts and probably drives you guys nuts as well. It's the fact that you just can't fix stupid and stupid really needs fixing. It really needs to be fixed. Ignorance is another thing. Why do people argue about things that they are not an expert on? Never, never understood how somebody can sit there and argue a principle or a fact when they are a complete moron. But I am going to actually talk about this out of order because I want to discuss what happens when bureaucracy takes over and incompetence and ineptitude reigns supreme. And we are in the glorious state of New Blue Jersey. So what I want to discuss today, even though it's completely and should be in the other section uh, on uh, from Shelter Dog Service Dog, but we're going to talk about it now because I am rocking and rolling, so excited. I love life. I got so many great things happening I want to talk to you about. So I had this wonderful conversation, very spirited, uh, yesterday. I won't tell you the town, but it's in South Central New Jersey, and this uh, very, well... I won't say nice, but very um, conscientious, we'll call her. Uh, Borough clerk tried to educate me, uh, which was very interesting, tried to educate me on service dogs and identification and the fact that there is a legitimate certification for service dogs. Did you guys know that? Damn, I must be a moron because I didn't know that. I didn't realize that Service Dog Certification of America, certify my service dog, register my service dog. Damn it, I thought they were all scams. I didn't realize that they are all upstanding organizations that are perpetuated and paid for by the Department of Justice. Hmm, they're not. And when you look at things, and it's very famous, and I, I tell you guys, Google this, Google Service Dog ID jar of Nutella. Somebody did this. It is absolutely brilliant. And whoever you are, I bow before thee because that is so friggin' brilliant. I wish I thought of that. So they sent uh, into the service dog registry with $100 or whatever the fee was uh, to receive an ID card that says jar of Nutella. And it does. It is literally a jar of Nutella with a leash and a little service vest on it. And they have a jar of Nutella. And it says this this is a licensed, registered service animal through our organization. And the name of the service animal is Jar of Nutella. You can't make this stuff up, people. And I decided, because I can be very snarky, as some of you know, I can be your best friend and I can be your worst nightmare. And I'm taking on this town, and I'm having so much fun because I love when people think they know things and they don't. So uh, I had this spirited discussion with a nice enough woman who decided she was going to educate me and she was going to be a little arrogant and condescending to me, which isn't the way you handle me at all. And so she sent this information off to their attorney for their their town, who obviously this is a good town to go if you want to uh, beat a ticket because they don't have very bright people in this town, um, and I'm not telling you the name of the town. So I got this very interesting uh, email back. For the purposes of licensing, the township should require the owner to provide documentation of training and or certification of the guide or service dog to be licensed. Dog owners refusing to provide such information should be charged the standard dog license fee 
and the standard license should be issued. This is not a violation of the ADA. The ADA pertains to equal access to public accommodations. Um, yeah, we all agree that. That's not what I was saying. I was saying that your requirement to demand that they have to have documentation of training and or certification of the guide or service dog to be licensed, it doesn't exist, genius. Listen, Sherlock Holmes, you can Google Darv Nutella. You can Google all these fake service dog places. It's nothing. It's some idiot in his garage who figured out, hey, stupid people and people who are trying to scam the rest of you know the world and disabled people, they'll pay a hundred to two hundred dollars and they'll they'll give us money. So if we can get you know ten thousand stupid morons or 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 scofflaws who are going to send us a hundred bucks, we'll send them a fake ID card. Who the hell is that? But what happens is. And it's got nothing to do with ADA. So, genius attorney, if you happen to be listening to my show, thanks for listening. You're probably not going to be listening anymore after tonight. You are wrong. I am not saying that the ADA is at work here. It is not the ADA. It is the fact that go beyond that. Go backwards, genius. Go backwards. It is the fact that you are requiring documentation and an identification or certification card. That is illegal. That is federal law. That has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the fact that you cannot require it because it does not exist. There is no national certification body, and that's why I want Department of Justice. I certainly don't want local municipalities because they're – like this one, and I can't tell you how many of these people just completely uninformed, just misguided, have no clue, and they're sitting there arguing. And you look at them and you go, how did you get through law school? How did you ever pass a board? You're an imbecile. Why are you arguing? I'm not arguing that it's ADA. Yes, ADA pertains to equal access to public accommodations. We're not saying you're denying equal access. We're saying you're asking for something that is illegal for you to ask for because it doesn't exist. So who does have ID cards? And I told them, and let's see if they actually do it. Who does have an ID card for a service dog? Well, if you're a legitimate service dog owner, well, guess what you can Self-train, which they told me that you can't do that. Like, oh, really? Okay, genius. So you can't train your own service dog? Granted, there should be some kind of a test. I'm an AKC CGC evaluator for, like, five different uh, CGCs and Star Puppy and all the Trick Dog and all. But it is very frustrating for me, very frustrating, when somebody in charge, somebody who is in the public, who you would expect to have knowledge, is an idiot. I'm sorry. I don't like to offend or insult people, but I can't help it. It's just it's just unbelievable. So they are saying that the family who has a service dog, a legitimate service dog, which they're not going to receive an identification for, they have to pay the full amount, but the scoff law who goes and gets the fake ID and certificate and fake service desk online or makes makes a certificate up or a letter themselves, they don't have to pay it. But the the legitimate service dog owner, that person has to pay it? Oh, come on. You can't be that dumb. You just can't be that dumb. They're giving me definitions, and it says the individual, I'm assuming that's me, who stated you could not request documentation and could only ask if, one, the dog is a service animal required because of a disability and what work or task has the dog been trained to perform. That would be the case if the issue was, it should be if the issue were, genius, access to the municipal building or any other place of public accommodation. Essentially, when it comes to guide or service dogs, which, by the way, they're the same, a service dog and a guide dog. A guide dog is a type of service dog. That's okay, genius. We'll get back there later. The ADA seeks to protect the individual's right to have the dog go wherever members of the public are permitted. Okay, great. We agree on that one, too. 
Dogs used as a guide dog. Ah, or service dogs. This is the township now, and he spelled licenses wrong. Hmm, that's interesting. It has an S. It's L-I-C-E-N-S-E-S, not L-I-C-E-N-C-E-S. Well, they obviously weren't uh, super spelling champions like I was, but okay, whatever. Dogs used as guide dogs or service dogs shall be licensed and registered as other dogs here and above provided for. Guess what? Except that the owner or keeper of a guide or service dog shall not be required to pay any fee thereof. So we're they're not they don't even read their own thing right. Dogs used as guide or service dogs shall be licensed and registered as other dogs here and above. Yes, licenses are registered in your township. Not licensed or registered as service dogs. I don't know how much more simple this could be. Anybody who's got a seven or eight year old kid, can you lend me that kid? Because I want to see if that seven or eight year old kid can interpret the law better than a genius who's gone to some, you know, half assed law school that you've never heard of. I just want to see, you know, just, just saying, I want to see who it is who's misinterpreting that. There, it's licensed and registered as other dogs here and above provided for. It doesn't say licensed or registered as a service dog by a certification body. They're talking about any other dog would have to be licensed or registered. Yes, exactly. Except that you don't have to pay a fee. It's not licensed or registered with an agency, it's licensed and registered the same way any dog or cat has to be licensed or registered. So I'm having so much fun. I just, I, I can't even tell you. Um, then they start giving you definitions of a guide dog trainer or service dog trainer means any person who's employed by an organization generally recognized by agencies involved in the rehabilitation of persons with disabilities. What do you mean rehabilitation of persons with disabilities? Well, you're going to rehabilitate autism? You're going to rehabilitate cerebral palsy or Rett syndrome or diabetes? What are you talking about rehabilitation? So term, yeah, terminology and verbiage on this is just, just imbecilic. Or is it moronic? Remember, in the old, old English, you could be a moron or an idiot. I don't remember which one was the dumb and dumber of them, but it's pretty funny. So now they're talking about, so uh, anyone who's employed, so if you're a volunteer trainer, so you, that doesn't count. If you're an individual who's going for private training to train your own dog with help, that doesn't count you. And then, of course, the, uh, when, you, when you don't know what you're talking about, you always use this phrase. So recognized by agencies involved in the rehabilitation of persons with disabilities, and here we go including but not limited to those persons who are blind, have visual impairments, or are deaf or have hearing impairments, as reputable and competent to provide dogs with training as defined in this section and who is actually involved in the training process. What the F does that even mean? You wait. So you have to be involved in the rehabilitation of people? So you don't have to be a dog trainer or dog behaviors? You just have to be rehabilitating People, so what, like physical therapists, I guess, or I don't know, maybe somebody who, you know, who, who's a sports massage therapist is, is the person who can train a service dog. I don't know, and they don't know what the hell they're talking about. So I can't wait, and I blasted this, this woman and, and whoever it was from there. I can't wait to see what I'm going to get back. <laughs> but challenge things, people. Don't let... I'm sorry, don't let anybody ever intimidate you. I don't care who it is who ever goes after you and what that person or organization or government agency ever does to try to quiet you or shut you down, F them. F you, government. F you because you're going to get sued. And F you because when you go beyond the scope of what you were supposed to do and don't investigate things, and cause damage to somebody, guess what? You're going to go before the ethics board of the, of the Bar Association. Guess what? Because before I die, you're going to lose your law license because you don't deserve it. And guess what? You're not going to allow this family to register a dog or you're not going to allow a child to bring their service dog into the school? Why? Who the hell died and made you czar of Russia? 
go the hell under a rock, crawl somewhere, and stop trying to be a narcissistic asshole and trying to make yourself more important. My, my dad always used to put, say, the greatest problem in the world is little people with a little power, and bam, there you go. Perfect, Dad. Same thing as when someone is kind to you, you repay their kindness tenfold. And when someone is evil to you or tries to harm you, you repay their actions a thousandfold. Bam! And that is why I wake up in the morning and go to bed at night, stoked and excited, three-time cancer survivor, throw whatever crap you want at me because I'm going to, I'm the, talking about the shit hitting the fan, I am the fan. I am an industrial-sized tornado. Throw something at me, baby. It's going to get hurled back at you, and it's going to take you out, and it's going to destroy you. And don't argue when you don't know something. Don't you damn well argue because you'll look even dumber than you did before. And stop trying to hurt disabled people. Stop trying to think you know better. You, you're making licensing, dog licensing, into a federal case. If somebody gives you an idea, and I said to them, I said, I want you to go back through. I want you to go through all your licenses of your legitimate, reputable service dogs because they had their ID papers. Go back there and you look at it and you Google the organization or the agency, quote unquote, that certified this dog or jar of Nutella and you go in and you Look at those and you say, damn, that wolf woman was right. I'm not going to tell her, though, because I'm a damn narcissist and I'm an idiot, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to tell that wolf woman that, that she was right, even though she knows she's right, because, of course, I know I'm right, because I only argue about it if I know I'm right. I will never argue if I'm not 110% sure. If there's the tiniest doubt, I'll ask my friend Temple. I'll call the expert, I'll call the author, I'll call the PhD, the medical people, veterinarian, whoever. I go to the best of the best, and I make sure I get correct information. I don't understand why people are so stupid, except that I guess they're put there to entertain the rest of us who are not ignorant assholes. So I am so excited. I guess can't use this one on the Maine Merlin's Kids website um, maybe we can bleep me out. Just rem- I'll put a warning. Just listen when you're uh, when you're alone on earphones. But seriously, I get so infuriated with the stupidity out there. And what are we worrying about? Twenty one dollars or sixteen dollars for a dog license? Why don't you listen? You know that's why. Like the old adage goes, that's why we have two ears and one mouth. Some people need to have no mouth. Some people need to have duct tape placed over their mouths so that they can shut up and listen and stop pretending that they understand. They don't understand. And I'm tired of people and children, especially with special needs, having their their rights violated left and right because people are ignorant or people are ignoramuses. People just... I. People, period. That's what my dad and I always just say, people, period. You know when you start a sentence with most people, you know it's not going the right place. You know when you start and you say, people, it's not going to be good. If you say, good people, well, that's different. But when you start it with people or many people or most people or people in general, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be that treacly, happy, little, like, oh, look, it's like sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns. No, it's not. Because people, especially now with COVID, oh, my God, what happened to this country, what's going on in this world, whether you want to blame, you know, the the blueness or you want to blame the redness of of other countries, whatever you want to blame, damn, I should start a political show, really. Whatever you want to do and whatever you want to say, have at it. Go do what you want, friend, but don't let it impact me. When I've got to do things and I can't do things because of you, because your refusal to do something or because you don't want somebody else to do it, I have a problem with that. 
I, if somebody said to me, listen, I don't believe in, uh, just throw it out there, abortion, okay? Well, you know, I don't believe in abortion for me or potentially for someone I love or care about, but I would not ever try to take away somebody's right to do that, even though I understand it's taking the baby's right and then somebody's going to get mad at me for saying that the baby has no rights. But there has to be a limit to somehow, you know, I, it's not my business to worry about what other people do. I have to live with myself. I have to answer to God. I have to answer to myself and to that higher power, minus the Hebrew national hot dogs, because I won't eat hot dogs because God knows what's in them. Actually, God doesn't know what it's in them either. But I have to answer to a greater power. I don't worry about what any man, any woman, any anybody ever, ever thinks about me because I know what good person I am. I know the things I do, and I know not to argue. I've learned long and hard. Never argue unless you're 100% sure. And if you think you're sure, then it shows you're not sure. Show me documentation. Show me case law. Show me interpretation of somebody other than yourself. Because I know that when people sit there and they go, well, it's a law and you're not allowed to violate that. Really? Do you want to explain the law? Do you want to explain the whole law? It's very short. ADA is very short. But it's very clear in providing that there is no certification required, period. After we go into that, and this is going to be a really long show, but after you go through that there is no, um, you know, requirement for that, that's where it starts going after, um, you know, after you go there, it starts out with, like, what is allowed or, you know, what is not allowed. So if you say, like, the ADA, okay, and I'm going on their website right now because I am not an ignorant asshole. I am going to quote it directly from the Department of Justice. It's ADA.gov, okay? And it states here, a service animal is a dog, not anything other than a dog anymore. It can only be a miniature horse in certain cases. A service animal is a dog that is individually trained to do work or perform tasks for a person with a disability. Generally, Title II and Title III entities must prevent, I'm sorry, must uh, permit service animals to accompany people with disabilities in all areas where members of the public are allowed to go. And it is going to, it says here, right here, beginning on March 15th, uh, 2011, only dogs are recognized as service animals under Titles 2 and 3. You'll see later there are for miniature horses, although it's supposed to be more for a mobility thing, but it is great because miniature horse can live 30 years very easily where a dog, you know, maybe get 8 or 10 years of actual usable service work. Service animals are defined as dogs that are individually trained to do work or perform tasks for people with disabilities. Examples of such work or tasks include guiding people who are blind, alerting people who are deaf, pulling a wheelchair, alerting and protecting a person who's having a seizure. They said protecting. you got to watch that. That's a very open-ended uh, comment. Reminding a person with mental illness to take prescribed medications. That's always a joke because a dog is not going to say, hey, you need to take your pills. You have to still set something so that the dog knows what time it is. He doesn't tell time. Anyway, calming a person with post-traumatic stress disorder during an anxiety attack or performing other duties. Service animals are working animals, not pets. The work or task a dog has been trained to do must provide, uh, uh, trained to provide, must be directly related to the person's disability. Dogs whose sole function is to provide comfort or emotional support do not qualify as service animals under ADA. This definition does not affect or limit the broader definition of assistance animal under the Fair Housing Act or the broader definition of service animal under the ACAA. Some state and local laws also define service animal more broadly than the ADA does. Information on such laws can be obtained from the relevant state attorney general's office where service animals are are allowed and, again, can go into a hospital unless it is a sterile environment. Um, they must be under control of the handler. They must be harnessed, leashed, or tethered unless the individual's disability prevents using these devices and, or these devices interfere with the service animal's safe, effective performance of tasks. 
And then in that case, the individual must maintain control of the animal through voice, signal, or other effective control. Now, what is it? Let's see. Uh, hmm. When it is not obvious what a service animal provides, only limited inquiries are allowed. This is what these geniuses were saying. Staff may ask two questions. Well, I'm going to tell you them, but this isn't what I was talking about. One is a service. Is the dog a service animal? Obviously, service dog required because of a disability. And two, what work or task is a dog been trained to perform? Staff cannot ask about the person's disabilities. Require medical documentation. Documentation require a special ID card or training documentation for the dog, or ask the dog perform its ability, I'm sorry, ask that the dog demonstrate its ability to perform the work or task. Allergies and fears dogs are not valid reasons, yada, yada, yada. And it says, a person with disability cannot be asked to remove his service animal from the premises unless the dog is out of control and the handler does not take effective action to control. It does not show, by the way, it does not say that they must make the service animal um, you know, um, uh, in con- under control, it just says they have to be taking steps, and the dog's not housebroken. Well, if a dog gets diarrhea on an airplane, that's a really bad flight. That doesn't mean it's not housebroken. Housebroken means it knows not to go in the house. But, hey, I don't know about you, but I've seen plenty of little three-year-old kids, and, hell, I've seen adults have accidents in their in their pants, and uh, and they're pretty housebroken. So I think that just shows that. But what the problem is, is that um, people have to understand that there is no documentation. So there's miniature horse, the whole thing. So there is no documentation required or provided. And that is really, really important. Because otherwise, if you say, okay, you know, somebody... Um, isn't allowing uh, me to come in because they want an ID. It's very clear there is an ID. There is no ID. So if there is no ID required or provided by the service dog agency, and certainly if you self-train a dog, you don't have it, then because there is no special identification card training documentation for the dog, and there is no medical uh, requirement or any kind of asking about disabilities, if you have a service dog from a reputable agency, you're not going to get a card. We don't give cards out at Merlin's Kids. None of our organizations give cards out. Guide dog agencies don't give cards out. You're not allowed to ask for the card. The only thing I've ever really seen or we've ever done is is like a little certificate that says, hey, congratulations on you know to Fluffy on completing 2,000 hours of service dog training and being a rock star, but that is only for your wall. That is not anything that you should ever present. And the reason we don't want you to present an ID is that then it makes it harder for the next person who doesn't have an ID. It's very easy to go online for 20 bucks and go and get a service uh, card that's jar of Nutella. Yes, it really exists. Look it up. Google it as you're watching, unless you're or listening, unless you're driving right now, when you get home, Google service dog ID jar of Nutella, and you will see. It is hilarious, and it's listed on this website still to this day, as as long, I mean, we just checked it a little earlier. It's listed that jar of Nutella is a registered certified service dog. What? It's a jar of Nutella. It, it's it's a, a, a jar of Nutella, you know, it's like it's not alive. And if you can't figure out that this is a scam based on the fact that the jar of Nutella has its own service agency registration and certification, oh, man, give up your law license now, really. just You need to just go into another field. All right. I can't believe that was 31 minutes. I have to let you guys go for a minute, take a break, go to the bathroom, go grab a soda, whatever you want to do, drink something healthy, come back in one minute because I am raring to go on the second half of the show. Be right back. Don't you guys seriously wish that you were here? 
you could be sitting in my massive house in the living room. I could be giving you, like, making a nice dinner. Uh, you could be petting all my dogs. You could be checked out for cancer. Uh, you could be having a blast. But alas, poor Yorick, you are not. Um, and you know what's really funny is I am just so steamed up today because I love messing with ignorant, stupid people. And I keep saying, I've been trying since I was about five or six years old to fix stupid. It is not fixable. If I can't fix stupid, I don't think it's fixable. And it's a shame because the world works that way. I've seen people complain because somebody goes in and leaves a dog in a car for 30 seconds to go, like, literally to go grab keys off the desk or something. Um, and the dog is in the car and a police officer, this was a, a, uh, somebody in Texas, a police officer shows up and says, oh, no, I'm sorry, it wasn't in Texas. I'm sorry. This one was in Vermont. Um, and and the, the car wasn't on, but it was 42 degrees and it was at night. How, what, what, this is this, you're going you're gonna to have an exploding dog in 30 seconds? You know, yes, I have certainly called, you know, many times and called police when the animal control company in our town, when I saw the, the husband who left the dog, and I also caught the brother leaving a dog tied to a mailbox outside the post office. And I took videos. I still have those videos. You can mess with me. I got, I got stuff. You want to go down? Oh, you going down. So yeah, tying your dog to a mailbox and going into the post office for a half hour in the sun with your dog panting, a brachiocephalic dog with short nose. Oh, hell yeah. You should be, you're an idiot, but you should be punished. But, you know, you got to look at things and say, if somebody, it's like if you put your toddler in the car and you say, oh, I forgot a note paper and your keys are not there or you lock the door, you run in for 30 seconds and it's not hot, it's not freezing cold, it's totally fine, or maybe your car's on. That I, I think you don't want to do because, you know, come on, let's face it, somebody could definitely, definitely steal your child. But you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to get a, at a point. You can't legislate what people are going to do, but you have to just look at it and say, you know, people do stupid stuff. They Listen, you know, car accidents. Don't you love my personal favorite? Somebody breaks down on a highway and everyone honks at them and yells at them and tells them what an idiot they are. Do you think that that person woke up that morning and said, I want half the drivers in the state of blue state of New Jersey, I want them to all be honking at me and cursing me out and threatening my life because I can't afford a car that doesn't break down in the winter, even though I put all that money into it. You think that guy just woke up that morning and decided to ruin your day? You know, you think they wouldn't have just rather be at work now and then be done? So we, I think just with COVID and everything, we have become such a litigious and just despicable society. Brothers and sisters, mostly brothers, brothers who are going out there and, and throwing away their family members because they wanted money and the family members didn't care about money. Or, you know, the, somebody passes away and they sit and they argue and they, you know, how many times has that happened with families that the parents pass away and the kids never talk again? I never even realized that that was a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. It really is a thing. It's just that people are selfish assholes. I'm just so done with it. All I do is give and give and give. I love giving out free service dogs. I love subsidizing service dogs for families who can't afford them. I love being able to take a child who never spoke and have that child speak, have a child who can't walk, have a child who's an amputee who had cancer and is going through hell. Have that child have a service dog that can comfort them, that can help them with mobility, that can help the cortisol levels to, to drop and to be 
placated when they're upset and to be coddled by the, the dog when they're getting accessed and their port is being accessed or when they're going in for surgery and they're terrified and the dog can provide deep pressure and do all kinds of things to, to help. That's what I love to do. I don't understand how everybody in the world doesn't just say, oh, my gosh, I have so much more than I need. I'm going to donate money. And, you know, you talk about people who are like, oh, you know, Bill Gates and, oh, you know, uh, Richard Branson and all. You know, if they donate, let's say Bill Gates, who has, I don't even know, I can look it up right now, but I, I would say probably, what, in the 60 to $80 million, uh, billion? Dollars? Let's see. Bill Gates' net worth, I'm just going to go because it's probably a lot less now because he's divorced. Oh, there you go. Because he's getting divorced. $128.8 billion. So if he gives away a billion dollars, that's a lot of money. But you know what? That's like you making $50,000 and giving away five hundred. Okay? It's not a lot. It's really not a lot. $128.8 billion dollars. Will you please tell me what he could possibly purchase? What could he possibly do? And he's making more and more money every day because of all the vaccines. Thanks, Fauci and Gates. You know, I'm just so sick of people who are just so, so, so wealthy and they say they're giving money away, but you're giving a million dollars, $10 million, $100 million. You know, Elon Musk has $221 $221 billion. Jeff Bezos, $163 billion. Zuckerberg, whose, whose buddy is married to a, an old student of mine who's a sweetheart. Zuckerberg, worth $67 billion. Uh, Bernard Arnault, he's only worth $150 billion. Mackenzie Scott, I don't even know who she is. But if you want to donate money to us, we're good. Forty-one billion. Melinda Gates. Uh, well, maybe after uh, I don't know. She's worth six billion. Warren Buffett, one hundred and sixteen billion. Some of these people. Mukesh Ambari. You're cute, but you probably cheat on your wife. It's eighty-four billion dollars. I'm just kidding. I don't know who this person is. So you have all that money. And if you have that volume of money, you shouldn't have that volume of money. Not that I begrudge you because I don't want the government to get involved. But don't you kind of feel bad for, like, people losing their houses and children getting cancer and, you know, all this stuff going on? And why do you need – how much money do you really need? If you were going to die tomorrow – and you could put all the $100 bills in existence into your casket. How much could you take with you? Give of yourself. Give your money away. Do not leave your spoiled children billions of dollars because they're going to grow up and be horrible people unless you taught them to give. You look at Princess Diana. What a, I mean, listen, she... She had two wonderful boys. It breaks my heart that they don't talk because of, you know, it's always a wife. It's always somebody. And, uh, you know, whether you like somebody or not, when you start splitting up brothers who went through a, a horrific, horrific time together as kids and you split them up, that that's about the lowest of the low. Let's get back to dogs. Let's just see. Um, is there anybody who's a trillionaire yet? I don't think so, but I know there are people who are close. But let's look at, I'm going to go for something cute here. All right, let's see who, uh, what kind of dogs, I'm going to, this is going to be fun. What kind of dog does, let's see, find somebody, Bill Gates have? Oh, I think he has one. What kind of dog does Bill Gates have? Bill Gates is a dog person. Oh, he used to own a Shih Tzu. Well, that kind of sounds right. You own a Shih Tzu. Its name was Balmer, presumably in tribute to Steve Balmer, ex-CEO of Microsoft. At the moment, he has two dogs, Oreo and Nilla. Oh, so he's a Nabisco guy. Okay. So what, I'm just curious, okay? You've got dogs. What can you possibly do for your dogs with $168 billion, okay? How about donating 
let's just say, let's donate a hundred billion. So you're only going to have 68 billion left. How about that? Do you know what kind of an impact these people could, could actually have on not just dogs and not just animals, but on people, you know, back research that doesn't pay you back, Mr. Gates, you know, pushing vaccines, and I'm not going to get into that, but pushing vaccines because on the pretense that they're, you know, they're, oh, they're going to save people. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Why don't you donate all the money you're making from all the vaccines, take that money and donate it to the people in Ukraine who are being bombed, donate it to the people in Ghana who don't even have, I mean, they don't even have a, a, a bed at night. They don't even have a mat to lay on. They lay on dirt. They eat food off the, off the dirt. And they, they have all kinds of digestive problems. They die because they, they're disease, they have diseases and stuff. How do, I don't understand how these people with all this money can live with themselves. You know, it's fine. Okay, you have 10 million, 20 million, 50 million, 100 million dollars. How much more can you spend? Okay, let's say a billion dollars. Why do you need $160 billion? What are you going to do with $160 billion that you can't do with $1 billion? The point being, I think, and I don't want the government getting involved, there are so many animals in need. There are so many children in need. If any of the billionaires are listening, I'm sure you're definitely not going to donate. But look up Merlin's Kids, M-E-R-L-I-N-S-K-I-D-S, uh, service dogs, Merlin's Kids Service Dogs on Facebook. Take a look at what we do. Take a look at what you could help with a little amount. You know, these service dogs cost us thirty to $40,000 to train. Sometimes people want to help, and they, they can if they wish to. Sometimes they can't, and we give them a free service dog. It's the best thing in the world. My goal is to hit the lottery because then I can subsidize every dog and we can get a, a fourth and a fifth facility and we'll be able to provide dogs for every child who needs them, every kid with cancer, every kid with autism, everyone who needed a service dog. I wish I could do that. I wish I could buy houses for people who've lost their homes. I wish I could do all these great things for people. And I will be able to soon, thanks to the... Uh, glorious blue state in which I reside for now because it's not going to have money when I'm done with them. But I'm just saying, how much money do we need? I think what we should all do is all try to help and, and donate to, even if you donated, let's say $10 to a birthday fundraiser for Merlin's kids, or don't donate to us, donate to St. Jude's, love the charity. Donate to a reputable agency, a reputable group that is going to need that money. Don't donate to the Humane Society, who, who's, I, I don't even know what they are this year, but um, let's see uh, what the, um, let's see, how much uh, does, uh, let's say, Wounded Warrior um, Project, how much do they take in? Um, how much, you know, money does Wounded Warrior get, right? Um, so how much of Wounded Warriors' money goes, right? I mean, they, you, we know they're pretty bad. Program expenses, it sounds good, 71%, yes. But you know what they take in? I think they took in $460 million. Um, so Wounded Warrior Project, um, it's, uh, you know, and some of the others, and I don't mean to pick them out, um, but what percentage, you know, you have these different foundations 43%, 47%. You can't go for a percentage, really, because if you have a, like, I'm a, an, a completely uncompensated executive director, but if you have a small organization, let's say that takes in $500,000 and the uh, the executive gets 100000 that's not a lot of money to do that job, but it, sh- it would be 20% going to him. But if the, if the same person is taking in $460 million, and, you know, you have something like that, um, you know, you have to look at it and you say, how much money have you, uh, you know, have you had 
Um, and what do you what do you need to spend that on, right? So listen, there's um, there's a lot of um, you know a lot of stuff out there, and and just find yourself a good charity. I always say the best charities are the ones that are not too too small because you don't want to give a, a good amount of money to a very tiny organization because that tiny organization is you might be more likely that you're going to um, have somebody taking that money because they don't have a lot. I like to go somewhere, and, and when we give grants out and we give money out to uh, these different organizations, we give between, we look for between about eighty to 100000 on the bottom end and maybe $2 million, $2.5 million on the top end. When you have a group like a Wounded Warrior Project or, or any of these, and I don't mean to come down on you guys, but you guys have had so many scandals, um, it's... If, let's say, they're donating, like uh, an organization donates $250,000 to Wounded Warrior Project, you know, so let's say uh, if it's 75% roughly goes, so we're talking about roughly a quarter of that, so let's call it $67,000, so $67,000 is gone. What do you think when somebody is taking in a half a billion dollars a year, you think $200,000 is anything to them? If you took that 200000 and you spread that out and gave it to some good animal charities or give it to, give it to St. Jude's, give it to uh, a research project tied to, like, Memorial Sloan Kettering or another really good organization, those are where you, that's where you want to put your, put your money. But there's so many animals being abused. There are people dying left and right. Why don't we help our own? Why don't we try to, like, lift each other up instead of knocking each other down? I don't get it. Well, uh, we only have, like, what, five minutes? I can't even believe it. We're going to talk about one thing that I wanted to talk about today, and that is Wispity Bunny Dog. We're going to talk about her because she is a living miracle. This dog has three kinds of cancer currently. She has lymphoma. She has either transitional cell carcinoma or rhabdomyosarcoma. And now she has mammary carcinoma. This dog, two weeks ago, I thought she was going to die. The incredible people up at Guardian, uh, Dr. Berg and Pelzeri, um, Runs, you guys are, are just beyond anything. I want people to know something. I want you to know that the survival of your animal and the survival of your human rely very deeply and very greatly on where you go and what help you get. When you have your local vet, your local vet is a great primary resource, but there's a great variety and variation between a really great vet and one that can just pull the Hail Mary out. And a lot of times, I mean, to me, I think veterinarians are better overall than doctors because they're not looking for the gratification, and you you really don't make as much as a veterinarian as you would uh, as a doctor um, or specialist. But what is really amazing is where you go matters. Um, I'm alive because I went to Sloan Kettering. So two of my three cancers, the third one was pretty minor, but two of my three cancers, I went to Sloan Kettering. That's why I'm alive. I know people who I went to Sloan Kettering with the first time who are not alive. Actually, my three of my friends that I went through the treatment with, they're not alive because they went to other hospitals first. Where you go is everything. And when you have your animal and you have an animal who has an illness, First of all, please, God, get your dog insurance. If I hear one more person who goes, well, but my dog's never had a problem. Well, WISPA, and we use Trupanion. I cannot say enough good about them. Trupanion has paid for literally, I think we're at 115000 reimbursed, 120000 maybe. I couldn't have done that. I, mean, I would have found a way, but I couldn't have done that. Imagine they paid 90% and I had, you know, there's a couple percentage here or there or an occasional appointment because nobody pays for the actual uh, appointment. 
But can you imagine if I had to spend one hundred and forty thousand dollars instead of one hundred uh, instead of twenty five thousand? That's a big difference. Those of you, especially if you have a service dog or if you have a dog that you really love, make sure you get pet health insurance. Um, be really careful because there's a lot of them that are garbage that have very low limits or that you have to build up a deductible every single year. Um, if you have a dog who has a problem, make sure you get insurance. I can't say enough about making sure that you have the ability to make your medical decisions and veterinary decisions based on what you want to do versus on financial uh, ramifications. So, you know, when I go with with WISPA into, you know, the vet's office, the amazing place where I am, um, I go in there and I love it. Like, I love it. I go in there and they'll say, well, this is an option. This is an option. And the first words out of my mouth are, I have Trupanion insurance. I have full insurance. Do whatever you got to do. Make her as comfortable and live as long, healthy, with good quality of life as you can versus how many people have to go in and their words are, how much is it going to cost? Oh, my gosh, it's going to cost $8,000, and you have to put your dog to sleep. It's the most heartbreaking thing to have to go home, tell your children that the dog or the cat isn't going to make it, and it's the only reason unfortunately, is that, you know, you don't have enough money. It's really heartbreaking. So please consider getting pet health insurance. I know you guys are probably all going to need to uh, to take Tylenol or some kind of pain reliever from the headache I've given you for today. But I'm super passionate. I'm super honest. And I can be your best friend, and I'm happy to be your best friend. But remember, I can also be your worst nightmare. Take my page, put it into your own book. When people are good to you, you be good to them. When people are evil to you, take them down so they don't cause problems for somebody else. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. We're going to have some kind of not-so-great weather tomorrow. Please be careful, be safe, and make sure you take good care of those you love. And take good care of your animals. Don't leave them outside. Make sure that they're safe. All right. Signing off for this week. Have a wonderful weekend. Take care.